Amen. Well, thanks, Carol. Well, good morning to all of you guys. Uh, my name is Seth. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Salem, and we're just going to spend a little bit of uh, time diving into God's Word before we move on. But because we haven't done it yet, maybe you don't care, but because it's a big deal to many people, raise your hand if you're a Chiefs fan. Wow, very few of you. You must all be Broncos fans. Um, I, I'm saying that just because they're rivals. I know you're all Vikings fans. Uh, Eagles. Boo. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. I just, okay. Let's just say I did not get the response or thought of anything that I thought I might get. So yeah. So we're just all angry that the Vikings are not in it or that somebody else is not in it. So the Packers, the, right. Okay. Whatever. You know what? We're here for much, much more important things than football, believe it or not. So hey, today is Celebration Sunday. Today's going to look a lot different. It's going to feel different than what you are used to. Um, and that's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing for us to kind of break those cycles every once in a while and to, uh, to kind of do something else and to, and to think about who God is and what He's doing uh, both in our people and through um, our people. So my hope is, is that this morning you spend a lot of time smiling and a lot of time uh, clapping uh, as well. So so um, before we dive into kind of the, the rest of our, our morning, the rest of our day, um, day, wow, it's a really long celebration, guys. It's going to be awesome. So um, before the rest of our morning, I want to take some time just to kind of point us forward because this last fall we were in the New Testament book of Acts. It was a series called Witnesses and it was built on this, right, is that we, we have trustworthiness in the Gospels and in Jesus and the story of Jesus because it's built on what? Eyewitnesses. And so for you and I, um, part of our story as this, this the kind of this gospel story continues to move through the years and to move through the nations, right? It's also built on the fact that you and I, or we collectively as a church, are witnesses together. Maybe not eyewitnesses, but witnesses of the transformative power of Jesus and the gospel. And so we were there for the fall, and we kind of wrapped that up kind of in early January as we made time for Advent and things like that. But now we're moving back into the Old Testament, as is our, our custom. And so we're going to be starting next week in the book of Ruth. How many of you guys have read the book of Ruth? Okay, quite a few people. Uh, wait, keep your hands up. I didn't say put your hands down. Simon says. Come on, guys. Um, now, how many of you guys have actually studied the book of Ruth? Okay, a lot less. Um, and so here's the deal, like we're going to take some time, um, you know, starting next week, we're going to move towards Easter uh, in the book of Ruth. And for me, um, Ruth has actually had a pretty significant impact in my life. Um, when I was in college, a sophomore year, I was in the, uh, a ministry, campus ministry called The Navigator, similar to Crew. And, um, and so I don't know who chose it or why, but they chose for our semester Bible study uh, to be in the book of Ruth. And I thought, um, this is kind of a strange thing. And then I realized it's a romance story and that there was hope for me. Um, and so I thought, why not? Let's dive into this. But as I dove into it, just in my own personal study, I found that this book had a very special imprint on my heart. And so my hope is, is that as we do this, this journey together, this new series together, that, that we together will collectively get to unpack some of those, some of those same things. And so uh, I think it's going to be a great time. But in order to, to do that, I thought, well, today it's good for us to, a, to open, it's always good for us to open up God's Word. We never want to leave that aside. Um, but I want to start just with this kind of this real quick general, like, like why? Why study the book of Ruth. Okay, first reason is this, is because it's part of God's Word, right? We believe that all Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, all Scripture is God-breathed, 
It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, right? That's what 2 Timothy says. But we truly believe that, that whatever it is, no matter what it is, whether it's Ruth or Leviticus, which takes forever to make it through if you're reading on your own, or other things, you go, like every single piece of this book, of this collective book, this story deserves attention in different ways, capacities, or times, and different functions. And so Ruth is a part of that. And we believe that there's really, really good stuff in Ruth. But the second thing is this, is that, is that the 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 book of Ruth actually points us to this, this story, right? So you think about Genesis to Revelation, right? Um, we think about this as this collective Bible, and we sometimes, I guess, I think we or maybe people in the world think that the Bible's really just like all about just doctrine and, and like in like systematic theology and all these big crazy things, which, which are in there. We use this to help to, to develop those things, but this is first and foremost, it's a story, and it's a story about who God is and how he's working in the world. So you start in Genesis when he creates everything and he creates a world that's in right side up fashion. But as sin enters into the world, it flips it upside down. And so as God enters again in, he goes, I'm not okay with this. So what does he do? He enacts a plan that continues until the hero of the story, which is Jesus, reinverts the story to a right side up. And then the story goes on until eternity then comes. But see, it's not just a story. It's a story about redemption. It's a story about who God is and what he's doing to make the world right. And so redemption then is about God looking at a broken, messy, chaotic world and saying, I can redeem it. I can buy it back for myself, for my purposes, and for all of that. And so that's why it's a story about redemption. But uniquely, it's also a story about God's providence. This is the third thing. And so you think about providence, like we think about like, like what is that? You go, well, God has this sovereignty. He has this providence, right? It's not just that, that God knows things, like we as humans fall short in the omniscience category, and yet God has that. But it's not just the knowledge, it's his ability, then his power and his strength, his sovereignty to, to take his story, history and to work them towards his purposes. And so for us, like, like what we can actually learn through the book of Ruth is this, that God is actually at work in my story right now. And he's at work in your story right now. Guess what? Our stories are very small. They're little. And yet, at the same time, there's this whole other platform that God, even though he's working in the little stories, he's working in this big, massive, cosmic meta-narrative. Like, he's weaving all of those tiny little stories together into this big story that's about his redemptive purposes. And we go, Ruth actually gives us a very unique glimpse at how God uses very small stories, but he weaves them into stories in a really big way. So our subtitle actually for the series will be Ruth, A Little Big Story, which I love. It's unique. Okay, fourth thing is this, um, is that it actually reminds us about God's love for all people. So the key main character is a woman named Ruth. Ruth um, is one of God's chosen people. Nope. Nope, she's a Moabite. She's from across the river area. She's like to the east and to the south. And it's a group of people that historically the Jewish people or the nation of Israel will not get along with, right? And yet God looks at this woman named Ruth and he invites her into the story. 
right? And so it reminds us and shows us that God loves all people and that he pursues all people and that he actually desires to use all people, even in small stories in this really big way. In fact, what we'll find with Ruth is that she becomes this key identifiable figure as a Moabite woman and yet in the lineage of King David and the lineage of Jesus himself. We go, wow, that's a little big story. And it's exciting, right? And the last thing is this, um, is that it's filled with real godly characters um, as role models. So it doesn't take much to look today in today's world like we're surrounded by bad examples, okay? And we can all be a bad example, technically, to other people, right? And so as we think about this, we go, man, like, it's, there's no shortage of that. And so it's hopeful for us, or hope-filled for us to look in Scripture and to see people who live faithfully, and righteously in the midst of life's difficulties. And so Ruth, we'll find that they teach us, especially Ruth, but also Boaz, but they teach us about like, how to live faithfully when your life is just filled with grief. When life is so hard and you've lost things and you've lost people, you know, like, like life is hard. There's an example. Like, what about when life is filled with uncertainty? You don't know what's next. And you go, this is just a daily routine thing for all of us that we have this, these dreams and hopes and desires for, for the world and the way that my life will actually look. And Ruth and Boaz give us this example of what it's like to live in the midst of that uncertainty. And so it's so good, but it's also got relationships and friendships and, and, and in-laws, right? That's always fun, right? And then you've got like the idea of romance even in that. And so we go, wow, there's so much in this story to unpack, and it's going to be really, really good. So I want to invite you to come back next week as we start that, but to give you a little glimpse, because I always want to open up God's Word, I want you to look at two verses with me this morning before we move on. They're from chapter 1, verses 15 uh, and 16. Um, I told Ken this morning, because this is his passage in two weeks, I said, tough luck, buddy, I'm stealing some of your stuff, okay? Um, and it starts with this. There's, here's this context, okay? You've got Naomi, and you've got her two daughter-in-laws, okay, Orpah and Ruth, um, and life is, is really has just crumbled, okay? Life is really, really hard. Won't go into all the details, okay? But life is really hard. They have two choices. Do they choose to go back to the old way and to the old life, or do they choose the new way and the new life in front of them? Here's what it says. Verse 15. This is, says, and she, which is Naomi, it's the mother-in-law, she said, see, your sister-in-law, Orpah, has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. You see, Naomi's thought for Ruth, like along with Orpah, is that, gosh, I don't have a lot to give you, so here's the deal. It's better for you, which she's making a bold statement because she thinks that she knows what's right. It's better for you to go back and do that. And Ruth, though, because that's what Orpah did, but Ruth makes a very different decision here in verse 16. It says, but Ruth said, do not urge me. That word urge in the Hebrew actually has this idea of meeting somebody with bad news. Right? You ever, you ever see somebody like coming towards you and they have that look in their eye and you're like, oh no. They, they're bearing bad news. And so it's the look that, it's like the look that she gets in her mother in law's eyes. It's like she's going to urge her with this bad news. And Ruth's response is like, don't do it. Don't urge me, right? I don't want to leave you or return. Those are the next words. I don't want to leave. 
I don't know if you guys were here this last week, but in Joshua, God showed up in Joshua's life as we were looking at context for Ruth. Um, he shows up and says the exact same thing uh, to Joshua, right? So like he says, in the midst of life, whatever the difficulty, whatever the giants, whatever hardships you face, guess what? I will not leave or forsake you. It's the same word. I will not abandon you. And so here we see Ruth, right? Like she's repeating the words of God to Naomi. She's like, no, that's not what's going to happen because that's not who I am. I will not abandon you. And it even goes on. She says, I want to keep following you, right? I love that it gives you almost like this picture of the New Testament with Jesus. Like, it's like as the disciples would follow Jesus around from town to town to town to town and everywhere they go. And it's like there's this commitment and devotion to say, I will not stop following you. And I love that this is Ruth's example. I will not stop following you. But here's what she also says. She says, here's the deal, Naomi. Your people will be my people. You see, the people of my past, that's who they are. They are of my past. That community is not my community. My community actually lies in your community. So wherever you go, because I'm going to follow you, because I'm not going to abandon you, guess what? Those people, they're going to be my people. And more than that, though, she says, and your God will be my God. And here's the contrast, and here's why. This is why how all of this works. It sets up Ruth. It sets up Celebration Sunday. Because when you look at the contrast between Orpah and Ruth, what does Orpah do? She goes back to where? Her people and to her gods. She goes back to the old her, to the old lifestyle. Ruth, on the other hand, says, guess what? I'm not returning to those gods. I'm going to follow the one true God. You see, there's this life transformation piece. It's like the old has gone, the new has come, right? And, and Ruth makes the decision to say, what's in front of me is this newness of life, and that's what I'm about. And it's centered around God. It's centered around Yahweh. You see, here's the deal. This is why it sets us up for Ruth, but also sets us up for Celebration Sunday. It's because that we want to celebrate when things change from the old people, the old us of sin and, and death and destruction and change to newness and life in Jesus. And it takes surrendering to the idols of the past and giving ourselves wholly to Jesus. You see, we want to celebrate life transformation in Jesus. We want that. And so to do that this morning, part of how we're going to do Celebration Sunday, I'm going to invite my friend Tiffany. Uh, she's going to come up on stage. You can give her a nice little quick round. Oh. Hello, good morning. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, my back's turned to you. Hello. <laughs> so Tiffany... Um, Tiffany Walla, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Tiffany Walla. Tiffany has been coming here for uh, about uh, five months, I think we determined, mm -hmm. right? And so Tiffany's just got an incredible, amazing story uh, that I would love for you guys to hear as we think about how we celebrate the work that God is doing in people, but also uh, through people. So, but before we do that, hey, can you maybe just tell us 
a couple of quick things you know about about yourself yeah sure thing um so my name is tiffany and i get the opportunity to work from home but i'm also a work from home mom i have four beautiful children a supporting husband and i have two really cool dogs that's the best part right and um and you know in my downtime when i'm not momming and working i like to do arts and crafts and i love to garden because i love to be out in the sunshine so it's a little wrap up about me <laughs> So uh, what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, we have a Red Fox Lab, who's seven months old, and we have a seven-year-old Black Lab uh, Pitbull. Okay. And what are their names? Mariska and Zoe. Mariska and Zoe. More importantly, what are the names of your kids? Let me see. I was told I forgot one. Uh, so we have, <laughs> we have Lily, Alex, and Tim, and Max, and they age from the ranges of 18 to two years old. That's awesome. Well, we are so we're so thankful for you and the fact that you're in our church. And so I'm excited for for you guys to hear uh, a little bit about her story. So for you guys, you know, that are here uh, joining us online, you know, part of how we do this when we when we celebrate these God stories, right? Because this isn't Tiffany's story. This is God's story that's happening in Tiffany. And so part of how we talk about this is that we set people up to be able to talk about who, what was life like before Jesus? Like where did like like what was life like before him? How did Jesus enter into your story? But then, you know, kind of what has life looked like since Jesus, you know? Um, and Tiffany just came to know Christ just a, a year ago. A year ago. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. lots going on in the last year, right? Thank you. A lot. A lot. And so you guys will get to hear a bit about that. But can you just tell us or, or walk us through kind of what was life like before Jesus? Well, from a early, uh, in the early 1900s, because you don't share your age, I was going to church, <laughs> and I was confirmed, and that was my basis in my elementary years. Um, I felt, though, in my teen years that that was very forced, and so I strayed away. I walked away from the church and just kind of led my own path, which we know wasn't very healthy. Um, I have an amazing sister who was great in sports, and I kind of felt like I lived in her shadow, and I always was reaching out for acceptance and extra love and just to feel, um, just to feel not alone. Um, and then I had some children in my early 20s, and I feel like all the bad habits in my life started before the kids. Um, using drugs, drinking, stealing, just doing all the bad stuff, all the sinful stuff, destructive behavior, um, a lot of self-destruction as well. I struggle with my mental health to this day. I've just learned to manage it better, but that's how that was when I was growing up and before I met Christ. So, I mean, a lot, a lot of self-destruction. Um, I think that that's something that probably all of us can resonate with. Uh, everybody's story before Jesus involves the depravity of our sin, um, which means that we are not selfless, we're selfish, we do everything for ourselves. Um, and, uh, and for you, you know, that self-destruction kind of came out really, really deep in, in some really, really hard ways. Uh, that's not everybody's story. We know that that's not everybody's story, but that is Tiffany's story. Um, and so I know there's a ton of hardship there, and we don't need to unpack all that for sake of time. But, you know, I know that's so, so hard. How is it? So we shift to the gospel, how Jesus entered into the story. Um, yeah, like, how, how did Jesus enter into the story? You know, how is it that God used some of that hard stuff 
to really spotlight Jesus in your life? Well, you know, fast forward um, to just a year ago, a little about a year and three months ago, um, I was still just really struggling with those things of all that shame and hurt that I had caused people around me. And I entered into church um, to follow my sister-in-law, her testimony about her recovery and growth. And I was, I was sitting there and I just felt this um, wave of, you know, I just took a deep breath and it was like everything was lifted off and felt good. That was my first experience with God. He was there with me, he was holding my hand and he said, it's time, it's time, you gotta come and come hang out with me, I'm pretty mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, when God says come hang out, hang out with me, <laughs> so I'm come sure, see, come see pretty what sure I have it's pretty for cool. You. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So um, when you think about, you know, just kind of entering into your story, you know, like, how is it? I mean, I know that you used a word with me. Like, what's, what's the, the first word? Yeah. What's that big word that you feel like God has just kind of used, used at, at that time and then over the course of this last year, too? You know, the word is grace. We have to remember that we're not the same people we were before and just give ourselves grace for those hiccups in life. And um, it gives you a sense of renewal, um, sense of empowerment, like not being alone. Just, I, that's my, just, I'm, I don't feel alone. I, mm. I feel like I'm always with somebody and he's there supporting me. So grace, grace and renewal. Yes, it's always interesting when I hear people's stories because like their lives are filled with people, filled with relationships, and yet like we, we can still feel alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so there is that way um, but that changes. And so for you, grace, you know, the way you kind of described to me is that grace was that starting point for you. Like it's just kind of offers the full forgiveness of sins. But then grace becomes a, a daily thing, too. Right. It which does. is a really which is a really neat thing. So um, Jizz enters into the story. You, you uh, I think you said something about your you listened to your sister, my sister-in-law's story. Yeah. About Can you tell us a little testimony. bit about that? Uh, she just talked about her journey um, through addiction with drugs and abusive relationships and, and just her growth, um, um, accepting God into her life, putting him first. And that puts you first as well, you know, reminding us to love ourselves. And that story, I don't remember exactly what it was that she specifically said, but it just it, it felt like it resonated in me, like it like it was my story or God's story yeah. being told. And um, that, uh, I, t- I used the word a lot, grace. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, hey, come on. <laughs> yeah. So God started something new inside, inside. Uh, of you, kind of this old creation to mm-hmm. new creation journey. It's like life journey. again. Yeah. It's like this new life, mm-hmm. um, which is the way, that's what we talked about, right? Being born again. Yeah. Um, so tell me, like moving to the, this last year, what has life been like for you? You know, you're a year in, you had a lot of difficult struggles. Those things don't just end, you know? So what does life look like for you this last year now that that, uh, Jesus is is a part of your life? Yeah, so in the last year, I've started working a 12-step program just to work through my addictions. I have been sober for seven years, but we still hold on to some of those things. Thank you, thank you. So I I definitely found the need to work through the 12-step program, and really what that is is unpacking all of that heavy baggage and um, learning to forgive myself, but remembering that he forgives me as well, and just working in the ministry um, in my program and now serving in this church and just growing in my faith, learning. Um, Not perfect. He doesn't like perfect people. That's why he loves us all, right? Hmm. You know, one of the fun things about uh, Tiffany's story 
uh, is that Tiffany just loves Jesus right now like crazy. Like it is so evident if you just, if you sit and talk to her, I mean, I encourage you to talk to her, but like, are you an introvert or extrovert? I shouldn't invite that Since into Since 2020, I'm a little bit of both. Okay, all right, I'm well. very nervous talking to all of you as being an extrovert, but I'm a, I'm a pretty introvert. I, I just like didn't want, like, time. you know, 50 people to be waiting in line for you like they were for donuts, sure, you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So, a $1.50 um, donation goes to yeah, the wall of yeah. fun. So, you know, I just love how, how much she loves Jesus right now. So just That's thanks so much him. for being vulnerable. If you guys get a chance, talk to her, you know, ask her <laughs> some questions. Um, I want to, just for the sake of time, we need to keep moving. But, you know, as I, you know, listen to your story, the first word that you used was grace. And one of the other words that you've used with me is this idea of renewal, yeah. right? Is that grace started this, is a, it's a, created a transformational process right, the gift of Jesus, and yet grace now is this daily thing that's bringing renewal to you in the midst of the chaos and, and the difficulties of life. So thanks so much for, Thank thanks, so for much. thanks so much for sharing. So, Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Can you pray? Oh. Yeah. No. No. Hey, let me pray, um, and uh, we're going to move on to some baptisms here next, and so I want to pray over that as well. Thanks, God. Thanks so much for Tiffany. Thanks for the way that you've wired her and gifted her. We know that her story is filled with things, just like our stories are filled with things, and yet you reached out, and you got a hold of her heart and said, hey, come be with me. This is where life is. This is what you're designed for, and so thanks for the redemption. As we even think about redeeming and, and Ruth, thanks for the redemption that you brought to Tiffany's life. I pray for our church as well, that we would resonate with her story uh, as that would impact with us as we just celebrate who you are, this God story of who you are and how you're working in the lives of people and through the lives of people. Thanks also for uh, the stories that we're going to see here uh, with, uh, with baptisms, with Idro and, um, and Yenga, as we get to celebrate uh, the, their proclamation of faith as well. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>